What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview, where myself, Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and co-host Brian Anthony Davis break down every single possible angle you can think of for the upcoming matchup. And in this week, we're talking week five, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Atlanta Falcons at Heinz Field. That's right, back-to-back -back home games, and the Steelers haven't won at home yet. I bring in my co-host, Brian Anthony Davis. How's it going, Brian? It is going fantastic. I've come out of that stupor that was that Sunday night crapathon that I had to watch, that I was forced to watch, that I couldn't tear myself away, even though I tried. But because uh, I knew you would probably be like, dude, what are you doing? You're you're writing about nothing. But I could have probably predicted what was going on. I could have made stuff up, and I would have probably been right the way that game was going. Yeah, sadly, it was very predictable. Uh, I do, I do want to say that a lot of people, uh, whether they find us on podcast form, whether it's YouTube, doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of people want to know, you know oh, I wish I would have heard what they said about the game, what their thoughts were about the Ravens game. Well, if you do think that, you can go back. Um, if you follow us on audio, just audio in our podcast form, you can go to Spotify. Uh, you can go to an article that we have a podcast in, and you can find the subscription link for Apple users, Android users, whatever. So you can listen to Brian and uh, Tony's thoughts on the game on the Steelers hangover. Uh, you can hear myself and Lance Williams' thoughts both on the standard is the standard, the show that aired last night, and our Steelers postgame show. So we have a lot of shows for you all out there, and I'm not sure if you're listening to them all, but if you aren't, you definitely should be. So with that said, we're talking Falcons. We're talking Steelers. Talk about two teams that had high expectations coming into the season and, in my opinion, are stumbling out of the gate. The Falcons are 1-3. and three. They're coming off a demoralizing loss to the Bengals where they had the lead up until about 10 seconds left when Andy Dalton hit A.J. Green in the corner of the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown. Uh, they're one in three. It's so hard to believe because this, this team was in the Super Bowl two years ago. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we know, are one, two, and one. Have not won a game at Heinz Field yet. They're coming off a really bad loss to the Baltimore Ravens in week four on Sunday Night Football. We're not sure what to think of either one of these teams. Brian, what's your first initial reaction when you think about this upcoming matchup between this AFC and NFC opponent? It's one word. And I'm going to ask you, Jeff, what do... Katy Perry, a roadside shack in Ohio, the Steelers, the Falcons, and Zambelli have in common? Uh, fireworks. You're going to have fireworks <laughs> this weekend, baby. It is going to be. When you look at the defenses here and the rankings of this, these defenses and what these guys have given up, <laughs> everyone's going to get burned. In fact, on my couch, I'm going to get burned. That is how crazy this game is going to be yeah I, I agree with you but you know there's always those games where everyone's predicting one thing and then the, the complete opposite happens um this happens a lot with the Steelers in my opinion at least under Mike Tomlin where they'll be going up against a team that can't stop the run to save their lives and all of a sudden they turn into the steel curtain and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers can't run the football whether that's by design or scheme is up for debate um, and I just wonder, maybe this is a game that isn't as high scoring as, as people are thinking. Vegas thinks it's going to be high scoring. I want to say that the over-under is around 54 points, 55 even. Um, it's going to be in the 50s for sure. But this is a team, the Atlanta Falcons, that last week against the Bengals, the halftime score, and again, I'm saying halftime, not the end of the game, halftime score was 28-24 
Atlanta. That's right, 52 points by half. So the this team can put up offensive points, and we're going to break it all down for you from key matchups to players to watch, fantasy football, you name it, stay with us. And by the way, new segment at the end of the show, if you stick around for the end, I'm, I, I guarantee you, you'll like it. That's all I'm going to say. A little teaser there for you. Okay, so Brian, key matchups. I will defer to the second half. Go ahead and give me your first key matchup. We'll give you three each. What's your first key matchup in this game? Okay, you could call me Captain Obvious here. <laughs> okay. Because it's going to be obvious. It's going to be – I'm going to break it down into players. Julio Jones versus Artie Burns. Now, that's probably the matchup you're going to see unless they do some moving around and try to get Hayden on him. But it seems like Artie will be lining up against Julio. Here's the deal. 502 yards for Julio Jones so far after four games. You know, that's a 2,000-yard season that he's on pace for. But he's also on pace for zero touchdowns. You're talking about Julio Jones. Jeff, how long do you think Julio Jones is going to go with that goose egg in his stat line? I don't think much longer. And I think what is ailing Julio Jones is going to just break out in a frenzy against Artie Burns, who has been struggling. Artie also has the penchant to take that one dumb penalty when he gets frustrated, and that could be a killer too. So I'm watching this all day long. I'll probably be doing um, a few Hail Marys, um, you know, glory bees, and maybe acts of contritions, whatever I can do to help save Artie on this. I might, <laughs> I, I might go to voodoo. Because I'm really worried about Artie Burns this weekend. Uh, So Julio versus Artie, that's going to be one matchup to watch. Well, while Captain Obvious is lighting candles and saying decades of the rosary, I am going to go in a different direction, and that is the Steelers' run defense versus the Falcons. Uh, Devontae Freeman is reportedly healthy. I have not seen the Atlanta injury report as of the recording of this episode. Uh, the rumors were that he should be back in the lineup for this game on Sunday. And if that's the case, the fact that Vince Williams has not practiced is not a good thing. It's 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 not good at all. Now, I do like John Bostic in the running game against the run, but I just think that the, the, the Falcons are so versatile offensively, whether they throw the ball, run the ball. Adding another element in Devontae Freeman is just going to make the challenge that much more difficult for a Steelers defense that resembles Swiss cheese more than it does an actual defense. So for me, I'm looking at Devontae Freeman because you saw it even in the early stages of the of the Ravens game. When they can run, when, a, when an opposing team runs on Pittsburgh, they have whatever option they want at their disposal. And Alex Collins runs the ball well against Pittsburgh, and you saw it. The the fact the, the Ravens had their entire playbook available to them for the entire game, and it was demoralizing. It was demoralizing to watch for fans. I'm sure it was demoralizing for the team, for the offense, and the defense alike. That's the matchup I want to watch. The Steelers are going to have to make the Falcons one dimensional, and we might all be sitting here listening, thinking. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to force Matt Ryan to throw the ball to Calvin Ridley and or Julio Jones? You have to. You have to, because if not, you're going to die a slow and painful death. So that's my matchup. The first one is the Steelers' run defense versus a possible two-headed monster run attack of the Atlanta Falcons. What's your second one, Brian? 
Well, let's go to defense, but the Steelers' defense. And let's talk about what Chris Collinsworth was wondering all of last Sunday night. Where was the pass rush? I was wondering that. My grandmother, if she was alive, she would have been wondering that. Everybody, if you, like, uh, I've heard uh, the great Stan Saverin once say, two million people in China that don't watch football are probably wondering that. (laughs) And so that's what I'm thinking with the Steeler pass defense, the pass rush. Look, we need to see a guy like J.J. Watt get off. We need to see a guy like Bud Dupree, Alvin Bud, needs to quit overrunning guys. I mean, he did it last week once. He had a sack. But this is a sackable quarterback in a guy like Matt Ryan. So Matty Ice has been sacked already 10 times this year. And that, that offensive line will give up a lot of pressure. The one matchup specifically, I'm looking at T.J. Watt going against Ryan Schrader. I think he could take advantage of him and get back on track because if you saw him behind the steel curtain this week, um, a lot of people were wondering, you know, we had writers, we had articles wondering where is TJ Watt and how can he get back on track? Because that's probably the number one thing that that team needs. So TJ Watt versus Ryan Schrader and, you know, really the entire Steeler pass rush against that entire Falcons offensive line, Jeff, is my key matchup number two. That's a really good one. And I, I don't know where the pass rush is. It, it, after week one, everyone's like, wow, maybe the 56 sacks from 2017 wasn't a fluke. And then all of a sudden, it seems like it just disappeared. Maybe that was just a Browns thing. I don't know. Uh, but for me, my second one is protect the football. This is a game, and Lance and I talked about this last night on our show, the standard is the standard. And we talked about how these type of games, if you predict to be a shootout, sometimes all you need are one or two defensive stops. Like you just need to force one or two punts. And if you can win the turnover battle, well, you just have a your chances of winning are that much greater. And so I think for the the Steelers, who are minus two right now in giveaway takeaway ratio, for me, I think that as the Steelers go, if they can protect the football. And if they can take it away, just more than they give it away. And so hopefully that zero zero giveaways and, and more takeaways. I like their chances of being in this game until the end. I'll give our predictions later in the game. But that's a very key matchup for me. Protect the football. I know it's not X's and O's. I know it's not 1v1. It's not player versus player, scheme versus scheme. It's just very general. But it's still a huge factor in this game. Protect the football. What about your third one there, Brian? Well, it's going to be the battle of discipline. Clean fields, not littered with yellow laundry. Look, you're talking about two teams that have very high instances of committing penalties. The Atlanta Falcons are third in the league with committing 325 yards worth of penalties. The Steelers are sixth in the league with 293 yards, but they lead the league with 39 fouls. 39 flags leads the entire National Football League, and that is a complete lack of discipline. So, look, you got to be disciplined to win these games. I mean, one of the uh, silver linings of that horrible game last week was the fact that the Steelers had under 10 penalties for the first time this season. Come on, is that what we're celebrating? Come on, take care of the little things first and just be disciplined. That's something they need to do. 
I have never in my lifetime, Jeff, being a Steeler fan, seen this many 12 men on the field penalties committed against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know whether that's the scheme, whether it's discipline, or it's laziness, not getting off the field. Look, get off the field. You can do it. I mean, I, I know you're tired, but run, get off there. I knew that back in peewee football. They told me to rush off that field because if not, we're going to get flagged. They were never going to call it. I didn't know that. I was 11 and stupid. These guys are 22, and they're not much smarter. Now you're right. Jeff, yeah, you're discipline. Right. Uh, you're right. And that kind of brings me in. It's a really good lead into my final matchup, and that is Mike Tomlin's ability to silence the doubters, to get his team prepared. Because I think when everyone thought this was going to happen, it was in week, I'm sorry, week three in Tampa Bay. And they, they came out, and it was a poof. Man, this this is the team. This is the team we all expected. We expected the high flying offense. We expected a defense that could hold their own when they needed to. Well, then the second half happened, and then the Ravens game happened. Mike Tomlin's got a tough job ahead of him. If you think about it, they have the Falcons this week, the Bengals next week, and then they go into their bye. After their bye week, they have the Browns and the Ravens. Do the math, folks. That means that there's at least only one divisional game remaining coming after the, after those two weeks after the bye. This is a really, really big game. I'm not saying must win. I know I labeled it as such in this video and in this podcast, but goodness gracious, this is must of a, it's as, it's as much of a must win as a week five game against an NFC opponent can be. And I know that in the past, if you've listened to me, I've always said, if you're going to lose a game, lose a game to an NFC opponent, because when it comes to tiebreakers, it's not going to hurt you as much, but my gosh, you fall down one, three and one. That's a hole that he, man, I don't even know if this team would, I'm not sure right now if this team can get out of the one, two and one hole, let alone a one, three and one or one, four and one hole. So for me, the matchup is simple. It's Mike Tomlin versus himself. It's putting the best product on the field. It's getting your players ready. It's like you said, the discipline it's getting a coaching staff ready, showing that you're capable of doing everything that so many critics say you can't. That's my next one. So there you go, Brian. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, you know what? I agree with you. It is definitely a crucial game. And, uh, you know, I can't think of any way to say that it's not because one, three, and one is really tough because usually there's not a lot of ties. But I do want to preface and remind everybody that you're probably going to see about four or five more ties throughout the National Football League this season because that 10-minute, that change, losing five minutes, going down to 10 minutes in overtime, you're going to see more ties. I don't agree with it, but it's going to happen. So that's going to screw up standings as it is. But I agree wholeheartedly with your point. You know, if you can't get through your division, you're not going to be able to get you're not even going to be close for a tiebreaker at the end, but you still need to have that head head to head matchup and a win against a team like the Atlanta Falcons. I don't care if they're one and three, they've got the weapons. They were like you said, in the Super Bowl just two years ago, that could have been a Steeler Falcon matchup. They were actually, it was all, I also always saw, excuse me. I also saw sports illustrated at the beginning of the season, pick this, this matchup as their Super Bowl pick. Atlanta against Pittsburgh. So, I mean, anything can happen. It's one quarter of the season, but if you lose now, 
you're going to start hearing fans just crying for the draft pick, which I hate. And also you're going to see the team starting to give up. Now, we know what might happen in the next couple of weeks after the bye. So you need to help set up that right now. That's a whole nother story with the possible return of he who shall not be named. But what I'm thinking, if you can get through these two weeks against good offensive teams, start going up in that direction. You know, you've got a chance, but it starts now. Starts now. You're right. You're right. And so let's go into our players to watch mode. We're each going to give you two players that we think it could be, but one offense, one defense. It could be both on one side of the football. It doesn't matter. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Give me your first player to watch in this upcoming matchup. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and you, I'm going to go ahead and say a guy, Mike Hilton. If he comes back and it kind of looks like he's going to be on the field this weekend after that injury, he could make a difference. I think that they were losing a lot by not having Mike Hilton on the field against a team like the Baltimore Ravens the other day who very pass happy. Um, so I think he could help solidify that secondary a little bit better. They are better when he is on the field. In fact, when I'm talking about Steeler defensive backs, the two best defensive backs on the field every week are Joe Hayden and Mike Hilton. And we've had two games where we had one of them not in the lineup whatsoever because of injuries. Mike Hilton could solidify this team. I'm looking for him to have a big game and uh, you know help thwart the threat of that three-headed monster in guys like Ridley, Julio Jones, and let's not forget Muhammad Sanu. We've seen a lot of him when he was a Cincinnati Bengal. Yeah, you're right. I mean, people forget about Sanu. He was the first player that Tomlin called a Swiss Army knife. Um, so for me, I'm sticking with that injured theme as, as you just did. Hilton looks like he should be back this week. He's practiced fully um, in the first two practices this week. Uh, I'm going to go with who is going to fill in for Vince Williams? Vince Williams hasn't practiced yet this week. I doubt he's going to play with a hamstring injury. Who's going to fill in? Okay, uh, the reports are that uh, right now the majority of snaps have been between Tyler Matikiewicz and LJ Ford, but the, the name Matthew Thomas has been throw, floating around as well, and so I, who's it going to be? Um, whoever it is, whether it's Matikiewicz, Ford, or Thomas, you better believe they, they're going to have their hands full. Because not only are they going to have to cover, but they're going to have to stop the run with Devontae Freeman, like I spoke about earlier. For me, I would I would really like to see Matthew Thomas at least get some some snaps. I'm not saying he should start. I'm not saying he's the best option. I'm saying I hope he gets to see some snaps. They've been looking for a player that is athletic enough to be in their sub packages when you get into the two tight end sets. And I wrote an article about this today for the Behind the Steel Curtain website. And you look at the snap totals from last week, and then you go back even a week prior to that. Teams have been putting two tight ends on the field and running out of that set a lot because they're keeping John Bostic and they're keeping Vince Williams off the field. And so for me, if you get one of them off and put someone like Matthew Thomas on there, he is athletic enough to run with those tight ends. So whoever that is, Matikavich, LJ Ford, Matthew Thomas, that's that's a that's a that's a definite uh, matchup to watch or player to watch, I should say. So I, I kind of skirted the rules there, but you understand it, right? Right, Brian? Yeah, you know, I have him on my list. 
Okay. All right. So who's your other one? Is that was that your other one? No, you know what? I I I know you. Sometimes we think <laughs> in the same area. So I always have that second guy to look at. And I'm looking at a guy like Marcus Gilbert. Now, look, we've been talking about the problems with Alejandro Villanueva. I don't think he is having the year that he had last year. Um, he has a tough task with uh, Takaris McKinley on the other side of the ball on that side of the line. But look, Grady Jarrett is going to have to do, excuse me, not Grady Jarrett. Um, Marcus Gilbert is going to have to deal with the likes of Vic Beasley and Grady Jarrett. Um, you know, just with any stunts that they're pulling, but Vic Beasley is, is a former, you know, he was a former top pick. He's a guy that can get to the passer. He can, you can get to Roethlisberger. And we, I don't know if we've, we're seeing the decline of Marcus Gilbert, especially he's been injured. And last year with the time off because of suspension and because of injury, I don't know if we're, if we're starting to see chinks in that offensive line. And I think it starts with those with those tackles. And I really want to see Marcus Gilbert, big number 77, step up and uh, give Ben more time. Because as bad as Ben was last week, if he had a little bit more time, he could have been better. Okay, so that's a good angle there. And going with Marcus Gilbert, who's probably going to have to stop Tack McKinley, as you mentioned. Uh, for me, another player to watch. Again, you can call me Captain Obvious here, and it's Antonio Brown. Um, and I guess by proxy, you say Ben Roethlisberger. The two have not been in sync, not, not the boy band. They have not been on the same page. They have not shown the rhythm that you're expected to see. It's been a very few number of passes where you're thinking, that's the Roethlisberger-Brown connection that I've seen for so many years. And so it's, it's time... And I've said this because so many of the websites at SB Nation will send emails and they you do like a five-question type article and they all ask, like, well, what's to do with Antonio Brown? And every time I write, I feel like this is the week they're going to explode. I feel like it's just a matter of time until Antonio Brown has one of those video game performances. Well, this defense in Atlanta has given up a lot of points. They're not the best in the secondary. If there is... If there's a team that the Steelers could take advantage of that, it's Atlanta. So I'm going to say that, that Antonio Brown is a player to watch because he needs to have a big game, and I think he will have a big game. So um, any other tidbits or notes you want to mention there, Brian? I do want to mention, I want to piggyback on something you said. You know, look, if Ben and A.B. cannot get in sync, the whole season is going to be bye, bye, bye. Oh, nice. That's That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had oh, to. Jeez, I don't mind Justin Timberlake, but the boy band stuff is a little much. So, uh, okay, we'll definitely be leaving that behind and moving ahead to our fantasy football segment. Uh, and for those who might not have listened to the show before, you often there's so many different types of fantasy now. There's people that are in the traditional leagues where you draft, you keep players, you watch the waiver wire, you make trades, yada yada yada. But then there's people like myself, and Brian is another one that's in a Fandle, or you can do a DraftKings league or whatever. There's a bunch of websites now that do daily fantasy leagues. I'm all in on the daily fantasy. I'm sick of all the other nonsense that comes with the regular traditional um, fantasy football. So we're going to give you some fantasy locks and some fantasy sleepers for 
maybe it's a waiver wire pickup for your regular league, your traditional league, or maybe it's someone you might just want to start in your daily league. So again, I'll defer to you, Brian. Who is your fantasy football lock of the week? Well, look, I think Joe Flacco is an average quarterback, and he looked like Yo, the love child of Bart Starr, Johnny Unitas, and Don Mikowski last week. That's how good I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers made him look. Now, look, Matt Ryan was picked in that very same draft. He hasn't had the Super Bowl success that a guy like Flacco has. But look, this guy, if he just looks at that tape and sees what he does, the accuracy of a guy like Matt Ryan, who is 68.3% completion rate so far this season could tear them up all over the place, especially if they don't get a pass rush on this guy. He has 10 touchdowns and two interceptions on the year. You know, look, 1,316 yards. That's not too far behind the leader, which is Ben Roethlisberger in the lead by about 130 some yards. So he could tear you up. I'm putting my money on him this weekend. If I have to spend big money on Matt Ryan this week, I'm going to because I know he's going to put up the points. And I just got to tell you, um, I don't know where you were ranked the last two weeks, <coughs> 10th, <laughs> 8th, but I was uh, first and third in our league, Jeff. So, uh, <laughs> All right. So I'm just thinking, Matty Ice, he cleaned up for me two weeks ago when I won. I'm thinking this guy with this defense – He's a lock. Okay. And it, it, no one's going to argue with that against the Pittsburgh defense. You could probably put the opposing quarterback up there every time and be fine. Um, the last two weeks, I've struggled finding a quarterback in my Fandle league that's going to produce. So I went with Kirk Cousins two weeks ago. That was when they fell apart against Buffalo. Last week, I picked Drew Brees. I, I did the, the big money pick. He was the highest valued quarterback, and it just didn't pan out. So... I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to give you the handcuff lock of the week. And so if you don't know what a handcuff is, some people call it a marriage. It's whatever it is. It's essentially when you pick a quarterback and a receiver so that you're doubling your points, essentially for every completion that the receiver has is a completion for your quarterback touchdowns. It's the same. You're almost doubling it. Um, I would say that if, if I am picking a, if I'm handcuffing people together, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown for a couple reasons. Number one, we know that Ben Roethlisberger so far this season has had a has a tendency to want to throw the ball a lot. That's good for fantasy football. It's not necessarily good for the actual products on the field. We also know that Ben Roethlisberger is probably going to have to throw the football a lot to keep the Steelers in the football game. Because if Atlanta scores, like we all think they will, like Brian just suggested that Matt Ryan will, the Steelers are going to have to chuck it to get themselves back in the game. And that is also good for fantasy football owners. Third, Ben Roethlisberger, due to a poor performance last week, is going to be cheaper for your daily leagues than what he was probably coming off of the Tampa Bay game. So go out and get him. Antonio Brown might be a little bit cheaper even. Go pick him up. If you're in the daily leagues, spend the money, and then there you go. So for me, I'm going to go the opposite. I agree with everything you said, Brian, about about Matty Ice and how he's a quarterback that should shred the Steelers' defense. I'm not disagreeing at all. 
My thing is, is that I think the Steelers are going to have to try to go toe-to-toe with them, and that's going to fall on Ben Roethlisberger's shoulders. Not to mention, Ben Roethlisberger rarely has back-to-back bad games. He had a bad game against Kansas City, followed it up with a good one against Tampa Bay, had a stinker against Baltimore. I think he's due for a good game against Atlanta. So for me, if I'm giving you a fantasy lock, if you're in a daily league, I would handcuff Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger because they have to connect at some point, right? Yeah. Can't argue with that. Okay. Definitely cannot argue with that at all. Now, what's your sleeper? You gave us Ryan Switzer last week. I laughed at you, and then Ryan Switzer ended up getting something like seven targets or some ridiculous number. Now, he wasn't like a fantasy stud, but at the same time, I was stunned that he was even that much of a part of the offense. So uh, who's your sleeper this week, Brian? Well, he had seven catches in a PPR league. You'll take that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was a reach. And I'm going to reach again this week. Um, I'm going to reach with a guy that needs to break out. And if we look at 2017, um, it was around week four, week five, when Juju Smith-Schuster broke out. So I'm thinking James Washington, another number two pick at wide receiver, could probably break out this week. He has five catches on the year. Look, Ben Roethlisberger does not have a problem looking for this guy. And if he finds a rapport with him, with the fact that week after week, you've got a guy like Antonio Brown being double teamed. You have uh, Juju getting a lot more attention. If James Washington, who's on the field, can break free, he could go crazy. He could have a 100-yard game and a touchdown. And if he has a 100-yard game, he's definitely going to have a touchdown with the kind of balls that he's going to be thrown to him they like him on the uh, deep route when they started the uh, very first play they scripted against the kansas city chiefs to james washington and if ben could have got it there that would have been six right off the bat that would have been 80 yards six i mean that would have been 14 points right off the bat so here's a guy that i would look at he's gonna he's gonna have that week one of these days one of these weeks he's gonna go off I say week five against a pretty bad passing defense. Uh, Yeah, you're right. James Washington would definitely fall into the sleeper category uh, based on the fact that he's going to be, if you're in a daily league, he's going to be very cheap. And even if you're in a regular league, a traditional league, he's probably going to be available. And so that's a really good pick. I like that pick a lot, Brian. Uh, another Steeler because I love playing Steelers in fantasy football. Uh, it's not that their offense is prolific. I know them the best. Um, it's just like uh, if you've ever seen the app Beat the Streak, it's a baseball app where you try to pick one hitter or two hitters a night just to get a hit. That's it. You try to string together a streak. I had a streak of over 15 games just picking Pittsburgh Pirates this year. And my coworker laughed at me. He's a Nats fan. He's like, how are you doing this? And I said, that's the team I know the best. I follow them closely. I know who's hitting well. I know who hits well against left-handed pitching, yada, yada, yada. So for me, I think you could go either way with either tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Um, Vance McDonald isn't necessarily a sleeper anymore, although you wonder, can he keep it up with the consistency? But Jesse James is, is someone that's going to be cheap on your daily leagues might still be be available on your waiver wire since Vance McDonald came back. 
And you might be able to pick him up because Jesse James, although his targets have gone down since Vance McDonald has been back in the lineup, he's still good for those red zone attempts. Touchdowns are big points in fantasy football, as well as he always had, seems to catch that one big catch down the middle of the field for 40 plus yards. And they, that, that can be the make or break point for your team. So that's where I'm going to go with that. Brian, what do you think of that? You know what? I should know this, but I don't, but based on the Kansas city game alone, Jesse James's yak should be pretty amazing because he yeah. was, uh, they were leaving him alone and he was rumbling, stumbling and bumbling, but looking really darn good. So I actually put him in my FanDuel league this week. So I love that pick. Okay. So now time to get down to brass tacks. What is your prediction for the upcoming game against the Atlanta Falcons at Heinz field? All right. I did this uh, the other day with uh, Tony on uh, on the hangover. You know what? I did this last week. I wasn't too popular with you, but I wasn't popular with a lot of people, but I'm going with my gut here. I think the Steelers desperately need the win. I We've seen them come and get that win in the past when they've hit rock bottom early. Um I just don't think this is the week and the team yet. Um, I think it's week six when they finally break out. So I have to pick with my head and not my heart. And I'm going Atlanta 38, Pittsburgh 30. Oh, okay. That's, that's not a bad pick. And that's pretty close to my score prediction. Uh, for me, the Steelers rarely lose back-to-back games at home. And they always have a very good record against NFC teams as well. The Atlanta Falcons are one and three, but they're also not a team that anyone's going to overlook because of the firepower they possess on offense. I think that this, this is a game that in my opinion, I know I said this last week, but they get up for, I think you're not in the prime time light anymore. It's a regular one o'clock game. You kind of get back into a little bit of a routine. You're not having to wait all day. I think that does help. Being at home helps. Not winning at home is going to motivate. I think the Steelers win this game. And and I it's it's a, I said this last night with Lance and I when we did the picks and I just think there's a, the Steelers find a way to win this game. I, I guess when I look at the team so far this season, you look at the Tampa Bay game in the first half of this high of on the offensive and defensive side. And then you see in the second half, the lows, and you look at the second half of the Baltimore game, and the defense actually played pretty good football, holding them to field goals, and the offense just didn't come through. I feel like this team is more in the middle. They're more of the mean and the average between the highs and the lows. And we haven't really seen that consistent average performance, but the, the average performance for this team, if the defense can just get, you know, force some field goals, get off the field a couple times on third down, and the, and the offense can just consistently put up points the way that we think that they can. And I say consistently on purpose, I think this team can be really, really tough to beat. Not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, not saying they're going to make the playoffs, not saying they're going to win the freaking division, but I think they're good enough to win this game. Atlanta's reeling. Pittsburgh's at home. I like the home team 38 to 35 Pittsburgh. They would advance to two, two and one and then go to Cincinnati where they would play in week six. So there you have it. Well, you know what, Jeff? I hope you are right. I hope I'm wrong. In fact, I don't know how I've been right lately. If you ask my wife, I'm never right on anything. <laughs> and you know what? I'm thinking right now, how have I picked these games? I've been, 
I've been pretty consistent the last uh, the entire season. Um, the only place I was wrong was the tie, and I actually picked a loss that week. I'm usually not this pessimistic. I'm hoping I'm wrong, and I hope I get back to normal. So, you know, like I say every week when I pick against the Steelers, I will be glad to come back next week and eat a whole bunch of crow. Absolutely. So we teased, I teased this out a little bit earlier, and it was a, a new segment that if you've listened to the show this long, so if you're listening in audio form or if you're listening in on YouTube, if you're listening this long, it's kind of getting away from the nuts and bolts of, of X's and O's football. We're not talking about locks and matchups and stuff. I sent Brian a text the other day out of the blue. I like to do this to some people sometimes, and I love asking people questions one or the other. I asked my kids this. We'll be sitting at dinner, and I'll say, hey, would you rather have a cookie or cake? It, it, it helps to get – I get to know my kids better that way. And I sent Brian a text and said, which movie was better, Rocky Five or No Holds Barred? Now, if you're listening to this and you've never heard of those movies and you're younger, I really don't want to tell you to watch Rocky Five because it's awful. <laughs> but no, no Holds Barred is not much better than that. And so Brian said, what did you say was better? I said No Holds Barred. One, because it's Hulk Hogan. You know, I'm a wrestling mark. Yes. But here's the bottom line of the whole thing. Stallone was going for an Academy Award and going back for you know greatness and trying to recreate the magic of the franchise and be awesome and be great. And he just completely failed. The, the WWE was behind, uh, actually the WWF back then was behind this picture. You had Tiny Lister going up, also Zeus as Zeus going up against Hulk Hogan. Um, they weren't trying. They were just trying to, you know, line Hulk Hogan's pockets and uh, sell a whole <laughs> bunch of merchandise. And that's exactly what they did. So that's why I'm going with No Holds Barred. There was some crazy stuff in that movie. It's actually, it, it's so bad, it's awesome. Yeah, it is. And so and then it got us thinking, we should do a segment at the end of our preview show that's just kind of off the cuff and loose and is about movies. And so what we decided to do is we'll start with football. We'll do other sports movies as well. And I'm just going to ask Brian, which is better and why? And then maybe we agree. Maybe we disagree. This is a tough one. We're going football movies. Now I had told Brian, it was going to be between any given Sunday in the program. Nope. Changed it up. He doesn't know this. And it is here. It is. What would you rather watch? Remember the Titans or Rudy? Oh, <laughs> uh, first of all, you see the shirt I'm wearing, right? Uh, I can't. I can see the collar. I can't. It's see black the, and gold. So I'm either going your gold. way with the Penguins, Pirates, Steelers. No, I'm going to sports movie. All oh. the right moves. Tom Cruise, 1983. We'll have to do that one year. So I'm actually, <laughs> I was actually thinking about this segment. Wow, you have given me a great movie, and I'm going to shock you on this. Um, I am not a huge Remember the Titans fan. Oh my god! I love the movie, but the reason I don't, uh, I'm down on it, is the Disneyfication. And my house is an entire Disney house. You see the the red in the background. It's all Mickey Mouse kitchen. That's what my wife likes. Um, but I hate the fact that they take historical accuracy and completely ruin it. And that's what they did with this movie. In Remember the Titans, fact. You know, you have Gary Bertier. He was paralyzed right before the championship game, right? 
That's uh-uh. a he was not. He played in that championship game, which was a blowout, by the way. He was he was uh, paralyzed after the awards banquet afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, in like December, uh-huh. when I found that, I was like, "Ah, come on! You can't, you can't do that completely." Um, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of great parts in that movie. And when I'm watching the Steelers the other night, um, and they're getting torched by number thirteen, John Brown, I kept on thinking of Denzel Washington mentioning everybody's John Brown hind parts or something, uh-huh. and, and he's yelling <laughs> at him in Gettysburg. And I drive through Gettysburg yeah. uh, for my job, and I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, it's not a. It's a good movie, but for me. I get inspired by Rudy. First of all, you've got you've got one of the uh, the greatest stories of all time. Now, the historical accuracy might not be there for Rudy. That's as well. what I was gonna say. Joe Montana has debunked Rudy <laughs> more times than anyone. He's put uh, more holes in that thing. Like I think anyway. Bob Golick has too. But uh, <laughs> Vince Vaughn's your quarterback. You can't get any better than that. Also, I'm a big sports movie guy. Um, Major League, you know, uh, the guy that played Eddie Harris was the coach. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He was Dan Devine in this. But uh, this movie tears me up more than Remember the Titans. And at this point, I want to be inspired. And I just felt inspired. Um, I'm a big Jon Favreau guy, too. And I love Jon Favreau as his buddy. I just like this movie so much better and plus my date was hotter back in 93 than back in 99 when i saw the titans yeah uh, i I think of these and this is a tough one for me remember the titans has one of the greatest soundtracks in my opinion maybe second only to forrest gump um in terms of if you like that genre of music in that era i know that you're an 80s guy he actually listens to things like culture club um on the reg so to speak (laughs) (laughs) you know what my fancy football team is named kamara chameleon i'm not i'm not shocked i wasn't joking i have alvin on the team i had to go that way so anyways i'm gonna go with remember the titans because um i i just love denzel washington and whether the whether the story is historically accurate I really get into that movie and I actually love watching that movie. I think that it's, it's a movie that still, and just like Rudy is in the same, in the same vein, a kid today can watch that movie and take something away from it because you look at the social climate we have now in our country and it's not that different, sadly than what it was then. Just like any kid that is a football player that has been told that he can't do it over and over again. And he watches Rudy and he just gives, he gets that, that fire lit down in his belly and he wants to go and run through a wall. Then I, I kind of get that feeling with both of these movies. I just, I love sports movies and I love, you know, just talk like, like this, but what I want from our, our viewers on YouTube or our commenters on behind the curtain.com is which movie would you pick? Would you pick Rudy or would you pick? Remember the Titans? I don't know. It, that's a tough one. We're starting this off with a very difficult matchup. And just by the way, we will go out of the genre of football. We'll go into um, definitely some baseball movies, definitely some hockey movies. Uh, we will have some that are probably a little bit more fun than serious. Um, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, 
This is a tough one. Rudy's great. I love Rudy. I don't, want people, to think I don't, I don't want people to think I don't like Rudy. I love Rudy. My dad, when we grew up, I went to a Catholic high school, which was basically Notre Dame Junior. Everything was the same as Notre Dame. The Gold Dome helmets, the the fight song was the same. Everything was the same um, as as this as the Fighting Irish. And I still watch if I'm watching college football, I'll tune in because they're always on TV. And I like the tradition that is Notre Dame. But there's something about Remember the Titans. Maybe it was when I was born. I'm younger than Brian. Uh, that was a prominent movie during my youth. I don't know. It could be anything. So. There you have it, Brian. You think Rudy? I think remember the Titans. I did not know that's that fact though about Gary Bertier. That, that that's kind of crushed my dreams a little bit. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to do that. My wife gets mad at me because it's one of her favorite movies. And don't get me wrong, I do love the movie. I mean, yeah. it's just that. And I don't think anybody's dancing out of. Uh, there was no dancing coming out of the uh, locker room. That was all Disneyfied. They didn't do well, anything yeah, like yeah. that. But. Here's my biggest problem, real quick, with Remember the Titans. You know, all, all you ladies think Ryan Gosling is just this wonderful sex symbol. He's a liability in pass coverage. <laughs> in fact, he's a step above Artie Burns, but he's a liability in pass coverage. And it was proven yeah. in that film. Yeah, that's when the, it's, it's in the state championship game when Petey, Petey gets in there, you know? <laughs> That's when he it, the scene you're, the John Brown part that you were talking about is when he fumbles the football, and Denzel Washington slams it into his chest. Is how many feet are there in a mile? And he tells me, he goes, if you fumble that football again, I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. So that's just great stuff. That might I be my it. new fantasy football name. <laughs> John Brown hind parts. I'll have to pick up John Brown and then. <laughs> Hopefully people get it. So anyways, there you have it, folks. A little bit of fun at the end of the show to kind of cap off what was a really, hopefully, a very informative podcast in regards to the upcoming game between the Steelers and the Falcons. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news, notes, commentary, and features. And make sure you check us out on all our different platforms. If you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, we do. Go to YouTube.com. Go to the search engine, BTSC Steelers Radio. Subscribe, like, comment. We appreciate all the support. And as well, you can find us on Spotify, on iTunes, just by typing in BTSC or Behind the Steel Curtain. You'll get every single show that we do. And then, obviously, tomorrow morning or any podcast article will have the links for Apple users and Android users to subscribe to all of our content. Brian, as always, thank you for your time. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.